Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Rack and yak. It's time for What Mark Heard on Saturday Suckage with Mark Grody and Steve Rosenblum. Boy, everyone is stupid except me. Thank God for us. Yeah. Steve Rosenblum, Mark Grody, our near award-winning segment, What Mark Heard, here on The Score. Thank you for joining us. We will be taking you up till 1 o'clock, and we will bring you the Army-Navy game later on. Today, we will bring you Bulls basketball, Bulls against the Heat. Chuck's pregame show will be at 645. For now, What Mark Heard is what, Mark? I heard Olin Krutz yesterday on... The the Parkins and Spiegel show doing his afternoon show hit. And I'm going to give him credit, even though he doesn't like giving me credit for anything. Um, Olin Krutz was asked the question, a question that a lot of us has have asked lately. And that is the question of, are does it get to a point where veteran players start to make business decisions and don't care so much about what is happening on the field? And Olin had a different twist on the answer to this question that we're all asking. Uh, many times, and we talked about this last week. You guys asked me about Allen Robinson and Keen Hicks, and I said, no, I said I thought they'd come back. Like, they'd come back if they could, and you, and you want to get out there. Football players always want to play football, especially in a game like the Green Bay Packers. And, you know, Allen Robinson, if you're talking about film, he hasn't put very much good film out there this year. And Akeem Hicks himself, at, with his age and his injuries, if he's looking to continue playing, uh, he has to prove to the league that he can still go. So I, I was thinking that they'd get out there. And, and more than that, I just figured, I just think that two guys who, since they've been here, have been pros. They've been pros and they've shown up and they've played hard every time, every chance that they've got. So uh, I didn't think that that's what they were doing. I thought that they were probably injured. But uh, to your point, I, I have seen it a few times. Uh, you don't, I'm not going to mention any names, obviously, of former teammates, but uh, you do see it sometimes once you're out of it. And you know where you see it mostly, guys? I'll be go. honest with you. A lot of times you see it in the coaching staff, right? A lot of times you see it in the coaching staff. Uh, these guys know they're about to get fired. You see it in your game plan. You see it in the preparation. Uh, you see it in play calling. You see it in the strength staff. The strength staff is not putting in the effort anymore. Uh, you walk in there, you ask them what workout you should do, and they're like, they really don't care because I'm not going to be here. So, uh, you know, I, I was if, – if you are George McCaskey, if you are Ted Phillips, if you are Ryan Pace, if you are one of the leaders up there in that building – uh, those are one of the things you better be checking on every week. So as much as we're talking about players checking out, more than anything, what I've seen is coaches and strength staff and trainers checking out because they know they're not going to be there next year, right? They know they're going to players. The players, some of them are going to be there. So they're working hard. Uh, they're trying to represent the organization. Sometimes you see it in the game plan a little more. So the leaders up there at Hallis Hall better be checking on that more than anything else. How about that? Wow. That blew me away. That means that Olin Krutz 
has experienced that in his long Bears career. I had never thought about it from that angle, that the coaches are phoning it in. And he's not saying that this staff is, but he is saying that that has happened, and it could be happening. Well, if players are looking like Allen Robinson and Akeem Hicks, guys who have been injured are coming back to put stuff on their sizzle reel for a free agency. Sure, I like that sizzle reel. Yeah. Would would you have reason to worry about Matt Nagy's motivation for starting Justin Fields? As in? As in a guy with three cracked ribs. Oh, like he just doesn't care. He's just like, yeah. I, honestly, like he's doing his uh, best to make the next job he I, I got to be honest, I would say no with Nagy because I don't think Matt Nagy, this was not Matt Nagy's choice. You know what I mean? Even even if you want to go back from the beginning, if Matt Nagy had his way, it might still be Andy Dalton starting at this point in the season and still packages for Justin Fields. So I think that this was true. I, one thing that Matt Nagy is good at is handing over the the decisions on health to the doctors and moreover to the player as well. So I don't think so. I mean, I can't rule it out, but if you ask me, I say no. One of the things about Matt Nagy coaching Justin Fields is I fear for Justin Fields' future. I would prefer to limit Matt Nagy coaching him. And here's why. the the He's going to learn or develop or fall into bad habits. Not that they can't be broken, but the problem with Matt Nagy is what you saw at the end of the Pittsburgh game and then the start of the next game. There were two different game plans. Yeah. It's like it is Matt Nagy has yet to show he's learned how to learn in the NFL. And he he talked about it. He'd made comments this week about Justin Fields' return. And he said something to the effect of, you know, we could we could see the things he was getting used to things he was getting comfortable with. We could see him grow, see him mature. He sounded like someone who had never watched or coached Justin Fields. When coming out of college, everybody knew what he could do. Matt Nagy not only, not only appeared not to know what he could do, but refused, was like willfully stupid about a game plan that played to Justin Fields' strengths. And only after the Pittsburgh desperation, you would think, well, let's come back with more of that. But it wasn't there. It was only in desperate times. I don't think Matt Nagy learns how to learn. The worst thing he could do is coach Justin Fields because he already looks, it's bad for Justin Fields. And I don't think Matt Nagy understands how bad he looks around the NFL that you have a guy you can't coach correctly. You're talking like someone who's only recently discovered Wow, this guy can run. Wow, this guy's good on boots. This guy's good on, if we run the ball, we can use play action. I I don't, I think Matt Nagy, every week he designs a game plan for Justin Fields because of the way it looks. It looks so uneducated, and they're unprepared for the quarterback they're trying to coach and the opponent they're playing against. I think he looks worse as far as the next job is concerned. And the irony is, before we move on here, is that it is supposedly Matt Nagy who had his fingerprints on this draft choice, that his relationship mm-hmm. with Ryan Day. And so one would suspect that he had scouted him very much so. <laughs> one would suspect. One would suspect. And learning the strengths and weaknesses. Yeah, so in it... Like you're right, because there has been steps all along where, like, he had him so much in mothballs during training camp in terms of 
his headspace, Matt Nagy's headspace. He knew Andy Dalton was going to be the starter, that he just wasn't thinking about the Justin Fields game plans. Let's move on to Akeem Hicks. He was the headliner this week, and it 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 felt like news dumpy because it was Friday. You know, like Friday is our Fridays. News dumpy. Yeah. But Akeem Hicks spoke, and Akeem Hicks has not spoken a lot this year, and that has been on purpose because he just he he knows it's probably his last year. And he just doesn't have a lot to say. I think this is the third time maybe that he has spoken with the assembled media going back to training camp. And, uh, you know, the the first Hicks that I want you to hear is, is, is this it, Akeem? Is this it with the Bears? I think that's, um, I think that's the unfortunate reality. You know, the unfortunate reality of our business sometimes is that no matter what you do, no matter what position you put yourself in, you know, things come. All good things come to an end. I can throw every cliche I want at it, you know. But um, that is the circumstance that we find ourselves in. I didn't know you guys were going to get to me today like this, okay? So um, at first it hurt, and then I understood. Um, ultimately, I respect, I respect the decisions that are made. Um, some, of them, um, some of them you will want different things, right, for yourself. But that's just not how the business works. So... You and I were talking a little bit about Akeem Hicks before the show started. Akeem Hicks is one of the best Bears defensive linemen of all time, right? Well, he he's a good one. I don't know. I haven't sat there and ranked them. There are other guys who won Super Bowls and 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 did you know stuff in the Hall of Fame, worthier like that. Bears, though. I mean, Bears, Bears wise, right. yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, no, I know. I mean, you know, there, yes, there are plenty of Bears defensive linemen, HOF, but he he's he's up there, man. He he has become a favorite for that kind of attitude, that kind of emotion, or what, what you just heard. I expected him to say, "I I with an echo, right? I I feel, I feel, 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 feel like I'm the luckiest man, 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 man on yeah. the face of the earth." That's what it sounded like. He was real emotional about it, and that 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 got to me. I appreciated that. I I it wasn't like he's a Chicago kid. This is not Dick Buckus, a Chicago kid growing up and playing in the state and then and then playing for the Bears. This was a guy who landed here and had his greatest seasons here and you were proud to see it and he saw, and he acted that way. Yeah. I love him for a lot of that. But and his play was great. There's no question. He yeah. Was, no, I mean he he is earnest and I, I think it's in this cut that you will hear more of it. Um, and what he feels he's done with the Bears. But the question that he was asked as a follow-up is, Art, do you feel like your time in the NFL is winding down, Akeem? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. No, it's not time to stop playing. I think what tells me that, right, if I can answer that part of the question, um, that first three quarters against Pittsburgh, you couldn't find anybody hotter on the field. People were getting hit. People were laying down. I know how to play this game at a high level. Um, no matter what happens, um, I believe that I can play this game for another three to four years. And um, hopefully I end up in a place that um, will want me to uh, be myself and, and play the game at a high level like I can. Is there just too much that you see now that you, you doubt or don't think it can still be here? Mm. I don't even think I'm ready to answer that question, honestly, because I put it to the back of my mind. It's something that I had to do in order to approach this season appropriately. I had to put it to the back of my mind in training camp, you know? And so um, I'm going to revisit that in January. Um, but what I can tell you now is I've appreciated this last six years playing here in Chicago. Um, I would challenge you to find another person on this team that has bled and fought and, and lived and died with this team the way that I have. So 
whatever comes from that, I accept. But um, as far as right now, just ready to play some more football. And I, I agree. Like at every time he has played, he is he's a he is gifted and talented, but he's also maximum effort. Mm. Like you don't always get that from from guys. Like you watch him play, and he is out there and talking on every play and into every play. He was central to Khalil Mack being Khalil Mack all caps. Oh yeah, his presence, and in, in much in the same way that that. And it, and it became a joke that McMahon and uh, not McMahon that McMichael and, and Hampton were central in making an All Pro out of Mike and a Hall of Famer out of Mike Singletary. Sure. Yeah, right. that was what they did, and he was central in that. I, I'm not minimizing what Khalil Mack's abilities were, but the way that the the, the way that Akeem Hicks affected the game and affected his own team, not just the opponents was central to when that defense was Super Bowl caliber. Yeah, I mean, he. I thought he had a chance at All-Pro in 2018, mm-hmm. Keem Hicks. He, was just, he just straight up dominated. Um, he, he was Pro Bowl, but he was not All-Pro. Yeah. There's the, 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 such a popularity thing that goes along with that yeah. and, and, a, and a grandfathered-in kind of thing. I See really, Roquan Smith. Yeah. Well, you know? but he's, he's played really well. Talk about Hicks or Roquan now? Yeah, when they've been healthy, they played really well. Roquan's <laughs> been Roquan's been good. I just I covered and my first year on a B, uh, football beat was the Rams in '87. Dennis Hara, who was hurt most of the year, he, so you covered Eric Dickerson, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let coach run forty-seven gap. That was the year that that was that was how dear Eric Dickerson got traded. They came oh. <laughs> they came back from the from the the strike and. His comment was John Robinson, let coach run 47 gap. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. And that's how he we'll got let traded you go run to Indianapolis. Yeah. yeah. But Dennis Harrow made all pro and he had no right to. And he goes, Yeah, it's just a popularity contest. Ah. It's good. And and somebody said, Aren't you happy that at least, you know, you're thought of that way by your you know, your, your colleagues or by other players? He goes, yeah, I guess he's from West Virginia, and he spoke kind of wine. Yeah, I guess it's better than being thought of like a like Gaston, know that puke. <laughs> Talking about Mark Gaston. Oh yeah, everybody loved Mark Gaston. Yeah, that's, that's it. Good old Mark Gaston. So I um, talked to Alan Robinson. I had a little one-on-one time with Alan Robinson, and you know we talked about the the season, and you know the biggest. Takeaway I could tell you from talking about the the hard stuff for Allen Robinson this year is you just said he's told me this year not ideal not ideal not ideal not ideal in terms of oh, targets in quite terms the understatement of, quite the understatement but he knew what I was getting at and it has to do with his time with the Bears perhaps winding down just like Akeem Hicks's is so we got into all of that and that'll air on uh, WBBM tomorrow. Uh, but then I I brought up to I don't know if you know this or not but uh, but Allen Robinson very very enthusiastic NBA fan did and, not did not know that and uh, I said hey man what do you think the Bulls what do you think about the Bulls they're seventeen and nine what do you think about all that uh, it doesn't surprise me at all to be honest you know I think that when you when you go get a lot of guys especially in free agency on the basketball side. When you get guys who have winning in their DNA, you know, mm-hmm. obviously, obviously Lonzo Ball, when he came into the NBA, didn't have as much success on the winning side as some people may have saw. But growing up throughout his lifetime, he was a winner. 
I mean, he was a winner at UCLA. You put him to the team. You look at DeMar DeRozan, you know, and the things that he's done in his career. You know, he's won a lot of games in Toronto with the Spurs. And then you bring in Alex Caruso. You know, he's contributed to a lot of winning as well and has won titles, you know. So when you put those guys around, you know, a young, exciting group already with Zach Levine, Williams, you know, and then they grab the center from Orlando. So when you bring those guys together, now you have a great mesh of youth and vets, and now you see what and now you see what they're capable of. And I know the Bulls beat Brooklyn, but do you truly think they have a chance at this point, the Bulls, at winning the East, or is that too far ahead? Honestly, um, right now I would say, I mean, I think Brooklyn is the favorite, but I think other than that, I think the East is pretty open. You know, when you look at Philly and, and kind of some of the things that they're going through, Boston, uh, Milwaukee, um, uh, Miami, and Chicago, I think, I think, I think it's all a pretty even playing field. You know, so I'm definitely excited to see, you know, how Chicago gets better, you know, up until All-Star break and if they make any splash moves or if any players get bought out that they are able to get, you know, to kind of contribute to their already good roster around All-Star break. I think that would be exciting to see. Last thing, best in the West. Who's, who's your top two, I guess, in the West, Western Conference? Golden State for sure is my number one. And I always got to go with my sleep with not my sleeper team, but my team, especially because they got their star down, is the Clippers. Okay. You know, I think it's been good to see Paul George playing and really contributing and playing at a super high level. So, you know, hopefully him and Kawhi could definitely keep that going. And I think that they for sure can make some plays, you know, and, and can make some noise in the playoffs. Did you like my cross sports angle or would you have liked to have just heard him talk about the Bears? I love that. Okay. Check out the big NBA brain well, on Alan Robinson. The funny part is, is you know, they, he only has so much time. And so I was like, I got to the end of the Bears love stuff. That. And I said, hey, do you happen to have a couple more minutes? They're starting to walk. Would you have a couple minutes to talk about the NBA? He's like, oh, sure, absolutely. Oh, let's yeah. Do I got it. Let's do it. it. Let's oh, do it. Oh, my God. He, he would have gone on longer if I hadn't had uh, something else to do, probably. He sounds so different talking about the NBA. <laughs> it's pretty cool. That he it? does talking about the Bears. Right. <laughs> yes. And I thought what he said about the Bears and his season and asked about what he said indicted Matt Nagy. When he said, we've been trying to find our identity throughout the course of the season, trying to figure out what works, trying to figure out how we can ex- how we can create explosives and different things like that. This is year four. Matt Nagy said year four, everything comes together, right? And you're talking about trying to find an identity. Allen Robinson is as was it, we've seen how diplomatic he can be. You just you before we got into the NBA, you talk not ideal, right? That's not how, ideal. But it, read you read that quote. You read mm-hmm. between the lines. You go, wait, you're still trying to find an identity. Oh. Do you know that one once upon mm-hmm. a time ago? Allen Robinson was the identity. Is, <laughs> you're right. Yeah, seriously, that was, he was it. it. He was the like every single offensive. Wow, look at those numbers. And yeah, it wasn't you know it, it was what the hell happened to Jordan Howard? But look, hey, look, Allen Robinson. What what happened to David Mucker? But Allen Robinson. Yeah, yeah. right. That's and then it. it started to change last year when Darnell Mooney started to come alive, and now every like the, you're right. Like what is the like we've asked this question a million times. It started to play out as a running team. You know, when Khalil Herbert was filling in for David Montgomery and some of the games that Montgomery had had and using the extra offensive linemen, like, there was success. Now now, now we're back in that gray area again where I don't know what the Bears' identity is on offense. And what's worse is neither does the coach. That is well, correct. The, the interim coach. I they guess. are desperately looking for one. They're, that's for sure. That's right. Maybe the next coach will bring one next year. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, we have more of our near-award-winning segment, What Mark Heard. Steve Rosenblum, Mark Rody, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score.
L.A. Rock and Roll. Doors. L.A. Woman. Yeah. Just got into town about an hour ago. Welcome in. Welcome back. We are in the midst. It is halftime coming out for the third quarter. We deferred. And we have the third quarter of our near award-winning segment, What Mark Heard. There's Mark Rohde. Mark, what did you heard? All right, you want to talk a little bit of trash talk, and we could do that. Because, you know, the the theme of the Aaron Rodgers, I still own you <laughs> thing. You know, I was trying to get players and coaches going on it. To, Good to, for you. To pretty much no avail. I mean, most of them were, you know, that was then and this is now. And we're just trying to get a win. And this is about business. It's not bulletin board material. Uh, but I, I asked Jimmy Graham about it. And then it just got into this whole Jimmy Graham thing. You've played, obviously, on both sides of this rivalry. you played with Aaron Rodgers. What did you think about the Soldier Field game at the end when Aaron Rodgers said, I own you? Do you think that's in the heads of at least the defensive players or you? I'd love your reaction to all of that. Yeah, I mean, we, uh, you know, I mean, I've been a part of my own, uh, I've been a part of my own shit talking my whole career. You know, I just haven't had a camera around or, or, or Mike Boone to hear it, and and I'm blessed for that. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, it's it's obviously a rivalry. You know, there's a lot of emotions that go on. It doesn't matter what the records are. You know, this is this is one of the biggest uh, in NFL history. So, you know, there's a lot of emotions, and and you know, there's 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 always going to be that chatter. There's just rarely a Mike Boone around when it happens. So, um, you know, it's it's a you know it's a special game for both sides, and and you know to be you know be able to go up to Lambeau on Sunday Night Football. Um, you know, we know what it's about. You know, unfortunately, you know, we were on the other end of it last year, even going up into Lambeau. And, you know, you know, so we need to focus in. And, and we, didn't, we didn't know the environment we're going into with a great team. Um, and, you know, be ready to fight each and every play. And, and, you know, I think they'll be part of it. You kind of have to appreciate Aaron Rodgers is talking. I mean, just because you've done, as you said. Yeah, I mean, this is National Football League. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I've never been mic'd up as a player. And, and you know. Really? Never, and that's for a good reason. Uh, so, um, you know, I, you know, I don't want, I don't want anybody hearing this stuff. I gotta say out there for sure. You know, this is, you know, I mean, I think, you know, uh, you know, this isn't golf. You know, we're out there, um, and each and every play, your, your deal is to beat the man across from you one on one. And you know, it's a game of, of, of whooping the other man across from you. As simple as that. So, you know, I don't, I don't know any type of, hey man, you know. It, there's there's not a lot of niceties, even when you know people. You know, I mean, I played against a lot of my friends, obviously. You know, I'm I'm about to play against a lot of my friends this weekend. Um, but you know, when it comes game time, man, it's it's a it's a different beast out there. You know, I think people <laughs> forget that. You know, we all hit each other, and we all have uh, uh, car accidents every Sunday. You know, so so you know, I mean, it's a part of the game. It's a part of the game that I love. You know, I'm gonna have to figure out how to talk to people after I get out of here, and you know, because you can't be talking to people like that in real life. So you know, I'm gonna enjoy it, uh, each and every snap I get for the rest of my career. I mean, isn't that, isn't that to a different level, though, man? I mean, that's not just, hey, I've earned you on this play. That's I've owned you my whole life. Yeah. I'm, the entire organization. Yeah, I mean, I've said, I mean, I've said that to almost every organization I've scored on. So, I mean, I mean, that's real. You know, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know what people think is being said out there. You know, there's a lot worse I've said. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, we just got to stop them, and and you know, we got to get out here ready on Sunday, ready to play, ready to win. Simple as that. Have you ever said that to a fan, though? I said it to everybody, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Inside trash talking with Jimmy Graham. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, in other words, what he's saying is, hey, man, anything goes. Even on the radio. Even on oops. the radio. We had an oops. I th- hopefully that was just for we the- We apologize for that. Yeah. If, hopefully uh, you weren't with your kids. Hopefully that was just on the internet. Um, 
assuming we, we yeah. were able to bounce that off. But, yes, we do apologize for that. So um, it does happen, and you won't believe it. And if you were to if you were to mic up and truly hear Michael Jordan and Larry oh, Bird and yeah. pick a sport, any sport, yeah. and it was supposedly, you know, so such a revelation when Slapshot came out in the 70s and <clears throat> some of the players were – were um, in the movie were aghast at what Reg said yeah. in the corner to a woman who would go on to play the mom in a Christmas Story. Lovely. About her and to her ex. So, yeah, it goes on all the time. Yeah. It, and hey, even in my talk with Alan Robinson, I was talking to him about trash talking. And Alan Robinson, Mr. Calm, laid back, well mannered off the field, he said, oh, yeah, he gets into it. Yeah. And he said, so does. So does Jimmy Graham, so does Akeem Hicks, and so does Tease Tabor. Tease Tabor! Tease Tabor, big trash talker on the Bears. Um, let's say I got two cuts left. Tevin Jenkins is kind of long, but we, we got time for it probably, right? I don't know. We got to get to the Army-Navy game, so yeah, we got to we... break before then. got to break after that. Do we need to take a break right now? What's up? No, we're not. We're just... Um, we're we're okay. Do, I think I guess we probably have to pick one. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna give you the the. Hmm, I don't know. What do you want, Steve? Stevie Choice. It's Fields talking about being an underdog, or Tevin Jenkins talking about whether or not he's ready to be a full time blocker. Who would you rather hear from, Steve? Put the pressure on you. I would rather hear Tevin Jenkins try to define himself and defend himself, never having played it down in the NFL. I think it's actually the better cut. Let's do it, Tevin Jenkins, ladies and gentlemen. Do you feel 100 percent? Yes, sir. If you were asked to start a game or play an entire game, you'd be good to go clear medically the whole thing. Uh, yes, but that's entirely up to the coaches, though. It's up to them, and I trust the process of what they're doing and how they're handling the situation. Do you expect to get more as an offensive lineman against Green Bay? Personally, I'm still waiting to see how it all unfolds. I'm still, right now, still backing up uh, JP and just being able to learn from him as, you know, he's... Of course, no uh, secret that he's going to be a future Hall of Famer, of course. A great player, even great person. What exactly played out when you got here for training camp? And that I know you're trying to get back, and then you eventually had to go to the surgery option. Yeah, well, there's uh, many different things we did before the surgery route, of course, because that was our uh, last resort. Uh, did a couple things. Uh, I'm not trying to give you guys too much detail about everything, but... Uh, uh, Ultimately, ultimately, it was different symptoms than what was going on in college. It's a whole different. It was a whole different situation, and what happened is just, it just, uh, you know, I probably pushed myself out there a little bit faster now because I was had that urge to, I want to get back on the field. I don't care if it's just hurt, and maybe I did push a little bit too much and it made it a little bit worse, and then that's what happened. That was your first NFL game. Were you nervous? Yeah, of course I was nervous. You know, it's the first game in, like I said earlier, a year and one month, and it's the big. It's like the big stage. You know, that's what it is. But when I got out there, I put on the suit. You know, my first field goal snap. You know, I had a little heart was a little racing a little bit, of course, but you know, it's just uh, one little hump I had to get over, and I'm like just had to get that. Uh, was that acclimated? Right? Yeah, yeah. Correctly word. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So there. <laughs> Acclimated. Acclimated. <laughs> Funny word, that acclimated. So, yeah, it's just like it continues with Tevin James. I, I think that the theme has been he's just not ready. I mean, that's that's what 
coaches have been telling us. If you read between the lines, that's what Tevin Jenkins was just telling us. If you read between the lines, the thing that worries me is if Jason Peters happens to get injured on the first play of the game, Tevin Jenkins would have to play the entire. Like he is the backup left tackle. That doesn't mean that if he doesn't perform well, that he stays in. But he is the backup tackle, left tackle for the Chicago Bears. I think he would be Nick Foles' left tackle. Yeah, yeah. At that point, that's what I would do. At that point, oh they're a package God. deal. If it's Tevin Jenkins, yeah, you it's go Nick right- Foles. <laughs> You go right in there with Rashad Coward, too. Yeah, there you go. All right, we uh, we got to take a break. When we come back, Ian Happ, we will uh, we will hear about, we'll hear from Ian Happ. Steve Rosenblum and Mark Rohde, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Indeed, it was more than a feeling. And uh, Saturday Suckage is now going to bring you, is going to bring you a... Uh, interview with Ian Happ, but first we have to say, Mark Rohde, give us your your lengthy radio schedule for tomorrow. Bears, Packers, you. Yeah, so I will be part of the the score pregame show tomorrow. Um, I will be on um, around 540 tomorrow with my, my usual sideline report and hit with Olin Krutz and Patrick Manley and mm. Mike Mulligan. Mully! Um, all those guys. I will also be part of the WBBM pregame show at 4 o'clock. I've got a couple interviews that will air in the 4 o'clock hour on WBBM, including Allen Robinson and Bilal Nichols. Other than that, I'll just be tweeting away about the Chicago Bears during the game. We have Pat Manley on today. The Pat Man- Patrick Manley Long Snapper Award will be presented tonight. You can YouTube it at Bernie's Book Bank. And we want to thank Patrick for coming on. Thanks, Caesar. Um, terrific to work with you on your last shift, Caesar Perez. It was really wonderful. <laughs> no, 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 and, no. Uh, if nobody important listened, and that's really important now, <laughs> if nobody important listened, we'll be back <laughs> next week. Uh-huh. Here's uh, Ian Happ. Ian Happ was on with Bernstein and Rahimi, and he is the the Cubs player rep, and had some quite the things to say. And following that will be the Army-Navy game, the legendary Army-Navy game. Thanks for listening. Thanks for texting. Thanks for not calling Chicago yeah. Sports. Saturday Suckage, of yep. course. Yep, thank you for that. Thank <laughs> you. Chicago you can Sports. find him on Twitter at IHAP underscore one as he joins us on the SCORE hotline presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. So, how are you feeling? I, it sounded like you're playing a little hurt in the latest edition of the Compound Podcast. I know you're, you're less wise now that your sources of wisdom have been removed from your face, but how, how are you healing up? I'm getting there. Getting there. Been a little bit of a slower process than I would have liked, but uh, I'm on the mend. And yeah, I did. I played hurt. Uh, really uh, got through it. It was it was big for me. Big for the Compound. Yeah, that's uh, that's not fun to have the wisdom teeth out. Are your cheeks still swollen? Are you still feeling chubby bunny when it comes to trying to talk and eat and stuff like that? Yeah, the cheeks are okay. Uh, but, yeah, the jaw's a little sore, a little tough to eat. Haven't really gotten the solid foods yet. Um, the, uh, we're in the pain meds, so we're going straight ibuprofen now. Not great for the stomach. A lot of things going on in my life, you know. Well, and the way the the episode started, I have to tell you that there, there is, I am vehemently pro eggnog, and I'm I'm right there with Dakota Mekas. It actually did, and Zach was right that it's it's exactly what you need right now. And for those who say, oh, it's disgusting, it's disgusting. I I don't know why, but the the, the Southern Comfort brand, not with the it's it's Southern Comfort brand, but there's no alcohol in it. But 
We've done a lot of eggnog taste testing in our house, so that is absolutely a winner and a staple of our Novembers and Decembers. Wow! Wow! I am uh, yeah, I'm an anti eggnog guy. I'm I'm down on eggnog, but I respect the opinion. I am also pro nog, but I will do nog substitutes because I just mostly like the combination of the seasoning and the drink. Like, how do you feel about horchata? You live in Austin; you've got to be familiar with that. There. No, I, you know any. Uh... I mean, like milk-based alcoholic drink is a little bit. It just—I uh, don't like the mixture. Uh, see, I feel like this is a very polarizing topic. I joke that it is as polarizing as Nickelback earlier. Whether or not you're pro eggnog, I don't want to. Should I ask about the Nickelback stance as well in this conversation? No, no, we have to stay away from all of these controversial topics. There's enough <laughs> going on in the baseball world right now. Well, and I appreciate what you brought to the table. Talking about it on your podcast the way you did, as candidly as you did, especially being the player rep, and you gave some details that I think are very much worth repeating here. And tell us about what you said on the podcast, talking about what the owners presented in Dallas to the players' union and what the takeaway was. Yeah, I think um, I think talking candidly about it's important. I do. I think it's important to clarify some of the things is just the, the mixed messages out there. And one of the most disappointing parts about the trip to Dallas, you know, obviously uh, all the players uh, go down there and we, and we sit and it's a long uh, few days, but the, one of the most disappointing parts is that um, the owners didn't make one economic proposal uh, the entire time we were there. You know, we first day or Morning of the second day, I guess. Morning of morning of Tuesday, maybe. We you know we made uh, an economic proposal um, that that looped into a proposal for Monday um, that was kind of a broader package and putting all of these things together uh, on one piece of paper, um, and, and it looped in a lot of the economics, a lot of what we talked about with uh, draft and expanded playoffs and all these things that you've heard about. Um, and we just didn't, we didn't get anything back and we didn't get anything that said, okay, here's, uh, our proposal, um, in the same realm. Here's how we get to a conclusion, um, and move forward. And without having that, you know, it's anybody who's been through a negotiation, whether it's a, a car or a house or anything, you don't just keep giving numbers and have the other person say, no, you don't just keep moving. Uh, off your position. That's a horrible way to negotiate. So we, you know, we're just disappointed that there was no uh, economic proposal brought forth um, by that side in Dallas. And and we would hope that, um, you know, obviously players are hoping that negotiations continue and that we can keep working on this. But, um, you know, some of the things that were said in the media just, just were not exactly how it happened. Well, I laughed out loud when I saw how paternalistically the owners had said, we're not negotiating this. We're not negotiating this, and whether it's these rules changes or this, the number of things that they explicitly claimed that were off the bargaining table, and my response was, you don't get to do that. That's not how this works. You can't unilaterally say that this will not be the subject of negotiations, and I would hope that whoever is actually at the table could push back and just say, like Bruce Meyer or whatever, could just say, yeah, no, we're not stipulating to any of this at the outset. And I, and I, I would hope that that's actually going on. Yeah, that, then the, the difficult part about um, being in a negotiating room is that, as, as 
people take things off the table, um, that's there's you know there's just no negotiation there. And there's there is there's core principles and core foundations that are work stoppage issues for both sides. Um, but if every issue is a work stoppage issue, then you can't negotiate. And there that's not how it works, as you said. Um, but the, the big thing for players and the big thing for w- what we're discussing is a way to make the system more competitive, a way to, to do away with um, service time manipulation, to have penalties for manipulating service time um, so that fans are getting to see the best players in the league as soon as they're ready, um, so that teams are competing um, uh, all the way throughout the season. So the teams are trying to win games in August and September instead of a race to the bottom to get a draft pick. Um, so the teams are trading for good players at the deadline. So the teams are going out and competing in free agency to put a competitive team out there and not losing three, four, five seasons in a row. You should be penalized for being uh, a bad team for that many years in a row and not trying. Um, and you should be rewarded if you're a small market team and you go and you make the playoffs as a wild card and you spend money to do so. You should be rewarded with the draft pick. You should be um, rewarded for going out and competing and putting a product out there that your fans want to see. Uh, and I think that that's what the players want. Uh, and, and I think that fans can really understand why the game needs to trend in that direction instead of 10 to 15 teams that are trying not to compete and competing for draft picks. That's something you brought up that I thought was was something to expand on, is the concept of giving teams draft picks when they compete. Do you have an idea of how that would work exactly and come together? And, and MLB says, ye smart mar- small market team, whichever one you want to determine or what the, the media size is. You made the playoffs. You get an extra draft pick. Did they give you an example of how that would come about? Yeah, it was actually, it was, uh, those were examples presented by our side uh, and ideas that came from our side. But, okay, but my fault on that, but well, thank you. No, no, no. But what? But you know, the the ideas would be that if you are a small market team, um, that that would be your incentive to go compete on a yearly basis. Would be that if you make the playoffs, uh, that you get a comp pick, so that those picks that are between the picks that are now reserved for qualifying offer, uh, which makes it so that no teams want to go out and sign a free agent. Like you know, you saw Dallas Keuchel, you saw Craig Kimber, like these guys, they don't sign until after the draft because no team wants to give up. Uh, a draft pick, whereas um, so the qualifying offer uh, was just horrible for free agents and for teams to actually go out and compete. But instead of those picks going to uh, teams that were losing a free agent, um, you know, give those picks in the comp rounds to small market teams that are competing and going um, to be in playoff spots or tie those picks to uh, teams that went out and signed a big free agent or teams that, you know, increased their, um, number of tickets sold in a given year that they went out and actually put more butts in the seats. You know, that those are ways that you increase competitiveness, um, that you make sure that teams are, are actually uh, competing. And, you know, the, the a system where if you are uh, at the bottom of the ladder for two, three years, depending on the size of your market, then you can't have a pick in the top 10. You can't have a pick in the top eight picks um, because you've been bad for too long. Uh, I think that there are ways to say, look, you cannot go out. You can reset your roster. That's fine. You, there's a year that you you need to wait one year uh, to get some guys back to go and compete again. Fine. But you can't do it for three, four, five years. It's not fair to your fan base. 
See, I don't want to get too in the weeds here, but the problem that I have in general with draft pick based compensation is that it's a it's a bit of sort of a like a false front on here. And I thought I thought Zach Short did a pretty good job of starting to articulate this. This is not an NBA draft. It's not an NFL draft. What it's ultimately going to do is unless there is a, a drastic recalculation of service time and arbitration clock, all more draft picks and higher draft picks is going to do is give owners more pre-arb labor, more inexpensive, exploitable labor. So to me, any reformation of draft pick structure has to be hand-in-hand with those picks being allowed a bite at, at, at the real apple sooner upon material major league performance. Yeah, you're exactly right. And I think that's why that's why the one of the reasons this negotiation is so tough is because a lot of changes in the system come in packages where if you're gonna do one thing, then you must do others. And so um yeah, that's the the way to compensate guys early, uh if it you know, it is either moving up the arbitration clock or or and uh, having a pool of, of money that is dedicated to those zero to three guys or zero to two guys, uh, where those guys are getting compensated for, you know, the Cody Bellinger or or Acuna or Juan Soto that when they're when they're young and they're performing at such a high level, when they're getting accolades, you're getting MVP votes, you're all MLB team, All Star games, like you should be compensated for those. Um, and it's never going to get to the fair market value of the compensation. You're not going to be see, seeing those guys make $20 million, $30 million when they first get into the league, but they should be getting compensated in some way over the league minimum uh, for their contributions to their teams. Uh, and that's another way to get those guys paid early on. But I think you're, I think you're right. But the, the interesting about the draft pick compensation, but the interesting part is teams are valuing draft picks so highly. So until teams – stop valuing draft picks uh, in, in that way and prospects in that way. You know, you're seeing, you saw last year, Darvish is traded for a bunch of prospects or you have other guys throughout the league who have been traded when the Marlins moved all those, those outfielders, you know, you get traded for all of these prospects. Um, yeah, teams are valuing prospects are valuing draft picks are valuing young talent. So uh, we're trying to play in, in their court. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.